geez, you know, Bob, when you get my age, there's not many fun things you do in life anymore, right? But he goes, this one here is the, I'm chalking this one up for the year. And, you know, he said, this is what I did with my family yeah. growing up. So. Sure. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM dial at 102.9, here today in Industrial Park with Bob Vozella. Bob, welcome. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good. We're going to start with, for those who may not recognize, Bob Vozella is at least part of the story behind La Quintina Wine. But that's still kind of your side gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always a few uh, sticks in the fire, if you will. Uh, here today we're at MGB, um, uh, local manufacturing facility on Grove Street. And uh, the company is based out of France. But here at this location, we're manufacturing uh, aerospace and defense components for you know, the, the electronic industry. So basically uh, making ends of a connector. Uh, gave you a quick tour kind of oper operating room, you know, white, white ceiling, uh, you know, white walls, mm -hmm. cleanliness is key, uh, sure. held to high standards. Um, you know, manufacturing has always been my passion and uh, certainly creating jobs in, in especially Massachusetts around manufacturing is, uh, you know, touches a soft spot for me. Yeah, and it should for a lot of other residents because, oh, by the way, jobs can come off of this. Exactly. <laughs> and right. that gives us some good money to, oh, by the way, live here, grow here, things of that sort. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here at this location, we've been here for, this is six years now. Um, as we continue to grow and bring in more equipment and hire more people, uh, you know, it's, this industry is certainly, uh, is very strong. You know, I look at this corridor along 495 as, uh, as like the high-tech highway. You know, there are quite a few manufacturing companies doing very similar things that we're doing, and uh, people, you know, are, are attracted to this area, so we're pulling from either Boston or Providence, you know, as far as the workforce goes. Yeah, and it's, it's convenient in particular to Franklin for a lot of the reasons that I think myself and others perhaps you as well, chose Franklin because of its convenience and central location, you know, in between 95 and the Mass Pike, along the 495 Belt, yeah. rail access. I mean, there's a lot of goodness here for that. Exactly. Yep. Um, you know, certainly a great place to, to have a, a facility. Uh, and we are pulling from, you know, both points north and south for our, uh, for our employees, right. which is nice. Yeah, so they've got easy access along 495 or the by roads as exactly. necessary. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so as we continue to grow here, um, you know, the, my day job, I, as I like to say, uh, you know, my passion lies at La Cantina Winery mm -hmm. um, as well. You know, with that, you know, we were, we were mentioning, uh, you know, started the wine school back in 2014. Yeah, I, was, um, I think I first saw the sign and said, wait a minute, because it had been... The Nana's Bakery at one point, yeah. and then it closed and changed. And oh, yeah. wait a minute, what's this? La Cantina. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so that little spot there on Union Street. That was uh, that was the little bakery for a few years. Prior to that, that was uh, Jeff Roy's campaign headquarters. So it's been a few things, but it certainly has served us well. You know, I, I look back. Uh, this is one of these things where we didn't say, okay, let's start making wine and 
spend a million dollars on stainless steel tanks and everything else. It's been one of those things of, hey, let's carry on a family tradition. Yes. Let's make a small batch of wine with some family and friends. And we did. Uh, initially turned out like my grandfather's. You know, that's kind of how mm-hmm. we got into it, and sure. uh, which was certainly good. But, you know, we perfected the process by buying better fruit, uh, you know, m- maintaining a very clean process and, and consistency. You know, I mean, I have procedures written out for, for what we do. Certainly things come a- a- array, but uh, for the most part, you know, we follow a-, a pretty stringent recipe. Very similar to our manufacturing space here at MB. Um, but, you know, started in small batches and, you know, realized, wow, this is bringing folks together and uh, batches turned into a little bigger batches. And, mm-hmm. um, and then we, we were in that, we're in the little store at, on Union Street in 2017. So you look back, uh, we're approaching year number six, uh, an official winery since 15. Right. Um, well, that was one of the key developments along the way, too. Because right. I remember when the bylaw initially came to then the Economic Development Subcommittee. And at the time, even uh, Edouard from 67 Degrees was there to propose for his brewery piece. Um, and some of the councilors, respectfully at the time, had never been into kind of the tasting rooms, exactly. the brew pubs, the winery tasting places. and weren't sure what they were getting into. What is this going to do? Is this really going to be economic development, et cetera? Right. Yeah. Spin forward, and you're here and expanding. 67's here. Yep. Glenn Farmer's here from a distillery. So we've got the three bases covered. Right. And there's opportunity for more growth. Exactly. You know, so between here and Boston, we're the only place, Franklin's the only town, that has a winery, a brewery, and a distillery, mm-hmm. which is something to have, right? You know, I mean, usually a town's got the brewery going on, which is obviously very popular, but, right. but not all three. Yeah, so when we, when we really received that uh, pouring permit in 2017, uh, we broke ground, you know, which was great. Um, you know, Jamie... Was, uh, was certainly supporting us and, you know, he saw the vision, you know, even at the farmer's market, right? Farmer's market. Uh, the yeah. first year or two, no alcohol in town property, so on and so forth. Right. You know, I went to the uh, EDC and, you know, once again, Jamie was right there to say, you know, hey, this is happening in other towns. I think that we can make this viable. <clears throat> uh, I pulled out some legislation that, uh, you know, from the state, um, that allowed the wineries to do this and, and, and saw that it supported the market mm-hmm. as well as other local businesses. So sure. I, I like the fact that we we embarked on this and the town was right behind me supporting, you know, every little step, making sure that we took the right, the right turns. But, um, you know, we really paved the way, right, which was exciting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with the pandemic, um, you know, in my a bit of a wrinkle, <laughs> slightly, <laughs> slightly, right? You know, uh, that that week of uh, March thirteenth. Yeah. Um, you know, we quickly pivoted and we said, "All right, well, what are we going to do different and think outside the box?" Right. Uh, it was that Sunday we were open, and then the following weekend the doors were closed. But um, you know, my wife Honor and I we thought outside the box. We were delivering wine. We right. were we were doing curbside pickup. Curbside pickup. Um, yep. You know, and 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 no sooner time we were doing Zoom tastings. So we were shipping wine to forty states, 
and getting folks on a Zoom call, whether it was, um, you know, we had practitioners from Milford Regional, or we just had a family that, hey, I'm in New York, I'm in California, or I'm in Franklin, and it's mm -hmm. my birthday, we're gonna have a Zoom tasting. Sure, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we did that, and then as soon as we could open, uh, you know, we, we expand in the back patio. The back patio. Which was yeah. great, because the, the whole outdoor dining opened the door for, for a lot of folks. Sure. Um, and, you know, really, you know, but back to your point, you know, not, folks not sure what was gonna happen with the whole tasting room aspect. It's family-oriented. Yeah. You know, it's people bringing their kids, their dogs, they're putting a blanket on the grass mm -hmm. and, and they're enjoying some wine and, and a nice sunny day. Yep, and on the nice days, especially during the summer and early in the fall, you bring in some other entertainment, different food trucks. Yep. Not that you, I mean, you're also, you benefit from that crossing area where there's what, six pizza places <laughs> within, within a spinning distance practically? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, um, you know, because we don't have a full restaurant currently, right. um, you know, people call, hey, can we bring in food? I'm like, yeah, there's, you have El Capocos, you have pizza, you know, like you said, boom, 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 there's, there's, there. there's a few different spots, and then if not, you know, call in, get something delivered, whatever you mm -hmm. feel is right, but but it's good because when I when I look back and I say, okay, well, why, did I start making wine? Why did I start, why did I take it from this level to the next and, and, and continue to grow the business? And, and the, the answer is always the same, it's to support the community, right? right? What, what can we do to you know, help us, the others around us? I mean, at that point, um, you know, three, four years ago, it wasn't my day job. I was certainly, day job was co covering my family to, mm -hmm. to support those expenses, so I said, you know, let's um, let's just do something different, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so, you know, I remember way back when we were, you know, we we had small craft fairs right. at the winery in sure. the in the back patio or or in the small tasting room. You know, so all sorts of fundraising events and things like that. And, you know, the the sense of bringing the community together and helping people was was the main reason why we took it from a few small batches to. Wow, this is great because what we saw was me making wine, me teaching people how to make wine was they were loving it, you know, smiling mm -hmm. at everyone's faces. And you know, I had this guy come down and you know, he came down from Fitchburg and he says to me, Geez, you know, Bob, when you get my age, there's not many fun things you do in life anymore, right? But he goes, This one here is the I'm chalking this one up for the year. And you know, he said, This is what I did with my family yeah. growing up. So sure. uh that was enjoyable during the pandemic. You know, going back to that topic, I mean, countless stories. But um, you know, the girls' soccer banquet at, was at the winery. No, no alcohol served at, at whatsoever. But just hey, can we have a space in the backyard? The location was known and said, hey, can we use it? <laughs> right. That we we did that. We did the lacrosse. I mean, yeah. you name it. So it was like to to sit back and kind of watch all that. And, right. That was certainly special. Yeah, no, I've appreciated certainly. I'm a user, I'm a buyer, <laughs> <laughs> frequent. Uh, Carmenier is mm. one of the better ones, but you certainly do have a whole host of on the red side. But the other point I was going to try to make mm. too is, and it was interesting, I, read, I listened to a podcast, or actually it was an audio book 
um, Stephen Johnson, and he talked about where ideas come from. Mm. And one key reason was kind of the adjacent possible. So by having created something like and then you're there, you're having wine, you're having a location, then other things become possible. So like, yes, people haven't been there said, oh, we can use this for this, we can use this for this. You can do, so then you brought in the tent, then yeah. you, the building next door then becomes available, so now you're gonna be expanding to the building next door, and yeah. the adjacent possible the, just becomes more adjacent and more possible. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, you know, Honor and I were always thinking about the fact of, okay, what does expansion look like? Hmm. You know, when you're making wine, you need to be very close to that process. Right. So I, I certainly didn't want to move away from Franklin with that. Um, and then, you know, when 341 Union Street, uh, Steve Rossi's garage, Franklin Lighting uh, became available, I, I got the call from, uh, it was Andy Basanti, um, no longer with us today, but, uh, but he had reached out and said, hey, you know what? You're the first person I thought of. I think this is a great opportunity. And I mm -hmm. said, let's meet. Yes. I mean, it's in my backyard. Absolutely. Um, and go going into this venture, once again, it wasn't like we said, hey, let's buy a million dollars worth of stainless steel tanks. You know, I, I think the hardest part was getting our name out there. Mm -hmm. You know, so that certainly took some time. And... Um, and I think that we're, that we're well established, not only within the town, but the surrounding towns. And at least the folks know, I need a, I need a venue to do a fundraising event. I need uh, some bottles of wine for a fundraising event. Or I need to have a bridal shower, all the above, or, or some sort of campaign event. Mm -hmm. You know, they can call on us and, and we can certainly be there to support. Right. Um, yeah, we've, we signed on that building in August. Um, you know, we are done with our architectural uh, design and now, um, you know, in the process of doing some demo and, and getting ready to, to do the build. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we'll do is we'll, we're going to expand our production, um, you know, looking to then obviously make more wine and then source to, you know, other local restaurants um, and, and different stores. Sure. So kind of get broadened out in the market a little bit create with greater capacity be able to create more supply hopefully meet the demand that potentially is out there <laughs> right exactly yeah. yeah so um you know the plan with that space is uh and you know i gotta be aggressive with it of course but you know we're thinking august of 2023 mm -hmm. yeah um and, and really, you know, keep, keeping the natural state of the building with obvious uh, appropriate energy improvements of such. Right. But, um, you know, incorporating a kitchen. Okay. Right. So now folks can come and, um, and you know, we'll have the food offerings, you know, right there available for mm -hmm. them. So doing some brick oven pizza and, and really focused on uh, small plates. More of a small plate rather than a full restaurant style yeah. dinner. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, which I think for the market, respectfully, is more for that because you can do have a little bite appropriately as well with whatever beverage you're drinking right. on the Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, early in the evening, as opposed to you know having a full meal and then you know the bottle with it. Right, creates other issues. Ex so. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that that will certainly be a great addition for us and. 
you know, um, it's always good to <clears throat> offer food when serving uh, yes. an alcoholic beverage. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, I mean, right now we do a little cheese and cracker that, that folks certainly mm -hmm. enjoy, but by having something available for them, that will, there'll be a next, uh, It'll certainly be different for us because I never ran a restaurant before, but... Uh, it wasn't part of your list of things to do in your imagination. <laughs> right, right. I know. Restaurateur of the year. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what we're, what we're really looking for in that aspect, though, I mean, I don't really want to run the restaurant, but I'm looking for somebody that will, that is not currently a head chef, mm -hmm. but has the ability to grow. Sure. You know, so... I'm looking for somebody with, a, you know, that has potential to yeah. say, you know what, give me a chance. Yeah. I, I, we want to be uh, that person, yeah. you know, to give the chance. Mm -hmm. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, you know, so we'll, you know, I'm, I'm sure that uh, that we'll be blessed with somebody that mm -hmm. has a talent that wants to grow. Right. And in addition to wine, I've seen you've got a couple of beer options, and you'll expand that, I assume, gradually. <laughs> yes. So. Um, you know, the whole beer piece to, to talk about, I was approached by a brewery in Dorchester, Dorchester Brewery, uh, it was 2018. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they said, oh, we visited a bunch of wineries, you know, we, we want to have a wine program in our brewery. Um, you know, they tried my wine and they, they fell in love. So I said, perfect, Yes. Let, let's do something. So sure. they became a, a farmer winery. Um, and you know, as long as they're contracting their wine from a Massachusetts winery, then that's acceptable, mm -hmm. um, which was really nice. So I've been working with them since since that period of time, and you know, they have four or five wines on their on their list, okay. which is good. I mean, their focus is beer, and they do yeah. a phenomenal job at it. Yeah. <clears throat> they have a, a rooftop greenhouse if you will yeah um so really nice spot if you have a chance to go there but i haven't been there but i've had their beer and i agree the beer they, is good they yes. do a great job so you know i said well geez if if they're becoming a farmer winery then why can't i become a farmer brewery sure and and i took that path uh took me a couple of years yeah but we we were able to do it successfully and now you know i source from dorchester brewery i source from another place in Newburyport called Riverwalk. Okay. Um, you know, and the idea really is, you know, we don't claim the fame, but we're making beer, we're a big brewery. We work locally with a couple of breweries. Mm -hmm. uh, they support us, we support them. It's a nice collaborative. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and in some cases, it, you know, I, I go down there and then they can tweak their recipe, so it's it's ours, mm -hmm. you know? Sure. Um, yeah. So we do a little bit of that. Branded to that extent. Branded, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the idea is two, three beers. Um, keep it simple for the folks coming in mm -hmm. um, that may not want to enjoy a wine right away. Yeah, if you got a family or a larger party, some people are going to drink wine, some people are going to drink non-alcoholic, which the waters and whatever, and now yep. you'll have a beer option. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, in the new space, we'll be expanding our production capability to, you know, make small batches of beer in-house, which will mm -hmm. be nice. Yeah. Um, the main focus, obviously, is construction, kitchen, uh, August. you got to walk before you can run. <laughs> right, Absolutely. Right. You know, we'll, we'll certainly take our time, but it'll be nice, you know. And the thing is, is that I'm not a brewmaster, and I don't claim to be one, but right. there's a lot of folks in town... And that, that's what they do. They brew sure. beer. Yeah. So There's a lot of home brewers. A lot of home brewers. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna look to my colleagues out there and say, sure. 
who who wants to come on board and you know mm-hmm. do a few batches a month with sure. us and yeah you know, make that's, a nice little collaborative that's a good opportunity yeah because uh one of the things that i had done it was uh and i think it's still in operation they had shut down during COVID, of course but uh deja brew yeah is a in foxborough uh, actually, they were in Shrewsbury. Maybe they relocated because they were along Route 9. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Deja Brew. Mm-hmm. Deja Brew. Route 9 opposite, or just before you get to White City coming into Worcester, coming from that way. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine and a mailing list of probably grew to 50 or 60, but 15 to 20 of us would be there at a time. And over 10 years, we made 300 barrels of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the one thing, well, yeah, certainly I'm not going to be a brewmaster, but I certainly have refined my taste. Right, right, it's right. It's still eclectic. Right. Yeah. But at least I know more about, you know, the hoppiness, yeah. the content. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because in 2006, I went with uh, a group of folks from work um, to it was just over the border in New Hampshire, yeah. and it was the same concept. Right, right? There, are, there are a few around, but there's not that many. There was right. another place in Natick, right in kind of their cultural district. Yes, near the Tecan, the Natick Art Center, etc. That's right. Uh, they did that. They were more. Of, they also had kind of the drinking spot as mm-hmm. well, because they brewed their own there, as well as having kind of the brew your own and take it. Right. Um, but yeah, that. That's an opportunity that I think certainly COVID killed a bunch of those, well, yeah. at least hindered. Right. <laughs> Some clearly didn't survive. Some apparently, at least I think Deja Brew is still back open. Yeah. It's a great concept. You yeah. know, and the, the, the day of DIY, do it yourself, I mean, that, I know. that hits the market because, oh, by the way, who, if you don't like beer, then that's one thing. But if you like beer, why not make the beer you like and exactly. take it with you? Right. Yeah, and, and you know, with that, that's where I kind of got the idea of the wine school. Correct. Going that, back to the beginning. Going back to the beginning yeah. when we yeah. went up there. I mean, great team building event. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. uh, the, the the difference with the beer was we go up there uh, for the first meeting, and I think it was like we went back another three weeks later. Two to three weeks later, depending upon the what you're brewing, what you're brewing yeah. in order for the yeast process to do its thing. Yeah, yes. and. But with the the thing with the wine is it's twelve months, so it's a little bit different. A little, but a little bit more patience. A little bit more required. patience, right? So you know we continue to to do that whole process with the co-op, um, sourcing grapes from Napa Valley, yeah. And uh, those grapes come in around the October time frame, um, and then folks come down. They help uh, crush and destem the grapes on day one. Mm-hmm. They then come back uh, two weeks later when the yeast has done their process of converting the natural sugar to alcohol, and they help press. Uh, at that point, after pressing about three weeks, I'll put the wine, the red wine at least, into French oak barrels, the white and rosés will stay in stainless steel for their uh, life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then the crew, uh, the crush crew we call them, they come back in about a year, right? and they help bottle. Yeah. They help bottle. Yeah. So it's great. I mean, once again, we're... You know, we're bringing community, we're bringing people together. Uh, our tagline is, come in as strangers, leave as friends. Yeah, that's true. Right, you know, so um, if, if you're at the place and you're sitting here and you know, all of a sudden you hear somebody say something that caught your ear, I mean, you quickly jump in on a conversation <clears throat> and, mm-hmm. you know, so, and, and we enjoy that. Yeah, you know, there's it's, nothing wrong with that, absolutely. Right. One of my internet friends, I found her via the internet, she's passed, unfortunately, but, 
you're only strangers once. Right. Because once you start talking, and even if you've overheard something, it's, oh, you did that, I did that. Oh, right. you did that, I, you're from there. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Once the conversation gets started, then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very small world that we live in and how people can make uh, connections really quickly. And that's why I say, you know, wine is bringing people together, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not like uh, people are in there and they're drinking a dozen bottles of wine. And they can't walk out. It's more of, you know, um, a place where people can come and meet, feel like they're at home, mm-hmm. relaxed. Um, what's funny, we have the same two ladies come in and they've been coming into our little shop since 2017. They bring in their little cheese crack, cheese and cracker board. You know, they got their one spot uh, on, a, on a table for two, you know, and, and really it's fun. They become family. Yeah. You know, and you it's check a... Check in on them, what's going on, exactly, what are you doing. Exactly. You know, it's a place where they can meet where, you know, it's a, you know, Franklin is a, Franklin was a halfway meeting point. Sure. So, I mean, that that's what we enjoy providing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Well, and I think it speaks to kind of the family tradition, obviously Italian in, in specific, but... A lot of families are like that, no matter what the generation. Um, but then to the quality of the process, and you, if I recall correctly, you visit the wine, uh, the growing places yes. to check out their process. So you're not just getting any bags of grapes. Exactly. Yeah, so the the grower that we use is in, um, it's in Fairfield, California, which is just over... The hill of Napa, they, they have property that actually touches Napa, but um, it is four brothers, mm-hmm. three generations, right? Um, the, the original house of their uh, grandparents sit uh, amongst the vines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but each of the brothers has their own little house, their, their own little house amongst the vines. We were out there uh, in November, uh, met with uh, the owners, you know, and it was kind of one of those things where you you walk in and it seems it felt feels like you know this individual for 20 years <laughs> right uh and, and their family you know i mean and it was just you know it's it's an amazing experience we sat with him for uh for two solid days 9 a.m till about nine at night mm-hmm. and we covered a to z um he's actually coming out to visit me uh, in January, end of the month. Oh, good. You know, I brought when I went out there. I brought the plans to show him what was going on with the expansion. With sure. the expansion, right? Yeah. So he's involved to um, you know just do a review for me. Sure. So he's like, you know what? End of January, it's slow for me here. I'm gonna come out and see you for a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. So he's gonna come and visit, and um, you know we're gonna walk through the process. But you know when he, he was out here last August. Uh, 2021. Okay. And um, no, 2022. Excuse me. No, because that would have been this past August. Yeah, 2021. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he came out. He sampled all of the wines. We were in the barrel room. Did all these samplings. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I, I sell my grapes to a lot of different people, whether it's from Las Vegas to, you know, right, here right. in Massachusetts. Sure. Um, he was very impressed with the quality of the wines that we were making, which yeah. was nice. And I said, Ron, you know, I attribute that to you. You know, it's the quality of the fruit. But he goes, true, but I could give some of the best fruit and they may yeah. not make the best yeah. wine. If so the process behind it the is process. not taking care of it properly. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, which we enjoy. You know, that that's really the best part, you know, treating mm-hmm. treating that fruit like, uh, like you know, it's our 
um, fourth child, if you will, <laughs> and uh, you know, making sure that the process is done right. But you well, know, it's something like that with the child because once you get the notification you're pregnant, you've got to wait nine months but take care in the meantime, and you put it, you take it, you crush it, you walk, barrel it, and then a year later you come back and bottle it. Exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah. So. Um, you know, that was, that was certainly a good feeling because, I mean, I like the wine I make and I appreciate your compliment. And, and we, you know, you know, customers enjoy the wine. But to, to have this individual come in that actually is growing the grapes. Sure. We do a blend, a Super Tuscan, and he was taking pictures of the label, sending it to his brother saying, oh, we need to do this blend. Uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> so, you know, it was, uh, it was nice. That was, that was certainly a good visit. So we... In the past, we've uh, sourced grapes from Chile as well, mm-hmm. uh, South Africa and Argentina. Um, you know, it's good to you know work with those different uh, varietals and those from those different countries and all. Sure. But I think what we're going to focus on for the next couple of years is we're just going to stick with the, the grapes from California from that grower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the quality is consistent; it's there, um, and you know. We'll, we'll eliminate the May winemaking season, if you will, and, and just focus on getting the grapes in October. Oh, because you had had brought from the other, right. obviously, at that time period. Yep, yep. So, yeah. and, and, and the thing, too, is with my small space there at, at, on Union mm-hmm. Street, sure. um, I, I had no choice but to make half of my wine at in October point. and half of the other wine the other half in May. Sure. So now with this larger space, we'll be able to... Uh, you know, become more of a full full year operation. Right. Quadruple. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One other aspect we haven't touched on, but I remember in one of our earlier conversations, um, Chloe, you do whites, and I've liked the whites, and you do reds, and you like doing the reds because there's a little bit more of a nuance with them. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, yeah. I'm not the one. I'm not the connoisseur type, and there are some of years who can probably do <laughs> do more than both of us, but. For the listeners, what what's some of the differences in terms of the whites and the reds and sure. why you specialize, if you do, in the reds? Yeah, I, I really enjoy the reds. Uh, a lot more blending capabilities and options, but with the whites, you know, what happens is we get the grapes, we destem the grapes, and we press the grapes right away. Mm-hmm. So we then take that juice from the grapes that we've pressed and we ferment that. Right. Um, and, you know, really, at that point, we're adding yeast you know, every couple of days we, we give that juice a mix, keep the yeast cells on the bottom lively up in suspension. Right. Um, and then, you know, it's just a matter of moving the, the white wine from tank to tank every couple of months to filter out, you know, the sediment, if you will. Do the filtering and then in the moving process, do the filtering. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So with, with the red wines, um, process is a little different. So what we do is we destem the grapes. Right, and we ferment the whole cluster of grape. Right, um, with that being done, you're you're adding the yeast. Right, so the through the process of fermentation, heat and CO2 raise these grapes to the top of the surface. Mm-hmm. Three times a day, you have to push down. You're wetting the the, the skin on those grapes. Therefore, you're extracting the color. Uh, right. Okay. So, you know. Uh, it's you're managing the the tannin it's more intensive it, it's it's a lot more intensive yeah. right a lot more work involved mm-hmm. um and, and i really enjoy that right i mean you know you're 
you're creating the color in the red wine, if you will, right? Via the, the skin itself. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the whites, as I said, they're all aged in the stainless steel tanks for their duration. But with the reds now, I can, I work with a specific cooperage out of California. All the oak is from France. Okay. Right. They're over there now. I, I follow them. They actually flew to France and, um, you know, they're picking the different forests in the center of France to pull the wood from. Okay. Um, the barrels are, uh, the wood is, the trees are cut. The, the the tree is planked to about two inches thick or so. Okay. And it's air dried for 36 months. The wood is then shipped to California where the, the barrels are manufactured. Then they're made, right. right. And what I do is I call the, uh, the head cooper over there, Quinn, and I say, look, I'm doing a Pinot Noir. This is the kind of style I'm looking for. What do you recommend for a toast? Or I'm doing a Napa Valley Cabernet. I want to have that sit in the barrel for 24 months. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend for a toast? Sure. So now we have a red wine, but we're going to age it in the, in the oak barrel. And mm-hmm. that's where, you know, it really starts to evolve. You get some little new other nuances. Other nuances. That taste. Cocoa, vanilla, um, spices, mm-hmm. cedar, right? I mean, right. The, the list goes on. But sure. So, you know, I feel, you know, the art form of it all is, you know, certainly... It's a little bit more intense with the red wines. Uh, I mean, it's it's there with the whites, and I don't discard that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I can make three different wines, and from those three different wines, I can have an additional three different blends if I wanted. Right. You know. Yeah. W- which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, because I know uh, well the three amigos, yeah. aptly named, is a mix of three. Mm-hmm. Carmen Yer, I believe, is just the single, but Carmen Yer becomes one of the That's other right. three. Yep, with a little bit of cab and a little bit more low. Okay. So, um, yeah, you know, the the inspiration is there, and, uh, you know, like I said, the process is a little bit more involved with the Reds, but sure. um, yeah. if I were to look at, all right, what, what are the top three popular wines that we make? Um, I would say the first one is this, is our Cab Reserve. Cab Reserve, um, okay. That's 24 months French oak, you know, so we're using a heavier bottle, we're using a different cork, you know, it's it's a special wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grapes are, are a little bit different um, as far as, you know, they're head pruned, meaning um, you, if you looked at a vine, the, the vine will grow horizontal, Okay. right, yep. where, where this here grows vertical. And, and your yield on the vine is not as much when they're head pruned. Uh, so more concentration into the berry itself. Okay. So we, we are using a different grape from the same vineyard, uh, as I mentioned prior. But, right. um, you know, so the Cab Reserve is our number one. I followed, I would say, our white Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. You know, so sometimes New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs can be, if you like, you bite into a grapefruit. You know, very citrusy. Mm-hmm. We have a balance where it's a little bit between, you know, a, a French... And a uh, and a New Zealand style, so I get that by that my yeast selection okay. helps yeah. with that. The other ingredients. The other the other ingredients, and um, you know, the amount on on fermentation and have it sit on those um, on the sediment, if mm-hmm. you will, also right. you know yields to that to that flavor. Then the third I think is uh, you know our new pink, which is our rosé. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, so a nice summer summer wine. Yep. Yeah, you know, yep. it's a good and, go-to. And you had another collaboration, if I recall, was also a rosé with uh, um, honey. 
Yeah, that 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 actually, I would say, if I if I looked at the numbers between uh, Thanksgiving and end of the year, uh, cranberry honey. Really. So uh, Roger uh, Trahan and his yep. daughter Lauren right. uh, came to me four or five years ago and said. Hey, we got some honey. What can we do? And I'm like, oh, let's see. Then he goes, oh, my cousin owns a cranberry bog in Carver, <laughs> Cape Cod Select, which is pretty big uh, bog that, you know, they, they have about 400 acres and they distribute um, all over yep. New England. Uh, sure. I, I just seen a, an article from them. It was 19 years ago. They delivered their first 200 cases to Shaw's. Mm. Now they're, you know, all over. But, um, sure. yeah, so this past year we bottled about uh, 150 cases of the cranberry honey. Okay. Um, we used pretty close to 3,000 pounds of uh, honey from Roger, yep. um, which is great. I mean, I love that family. I grew yes. up across the street. Yep. Uh, his wife, Roberta, and, and they, their boys, uh, just, just great people. Mm -hmm. um, they now run the farmer's market, Yes. right? Yep. And they've done uh, some incredible things there by bringing in the music, uh, changing out the layout, um, you know, I mean, just... And the farmer's market is a happening place. It is a happening place, followed by, um, you know, what Ryan Jetty is doing with, uh, uh, with the concerts. Right, concerts on the common, Co coordinating. Right. So, yeah, during the summer, they either had, I think it was a movie night or a band. Right. Complimenting the farmer's market had mu yeah. music anyway. Exactly. So it, it was a happening place every single Friday. Right. Right, yeah. you know. So you look at the, I'll call it the evolution from from Bob's point of view. Right. Um, 2015, barely being able to do a farmers market to, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we we were sampling prior at the market. Sure. Uh, and then we got to a, you know then COVID hit and we're obviously no sampling. But we right. said you know what, we don't need to sample. People know us. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we really stopped the sampling, but mm -hmm. you know, you look at that evolution of 15 to where we are today, where that market, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a limb, I'm gonna say it's doubled in size. Oh, yeah, I haven't and, seen and, the stats, but I, from outside, yeah. I would think it's doubled, if not tripled. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and with the live music, and then with the concerts, and the movies, and now, you know, the whole food truck. Food truck added right. to it, yep. Yeah. You know, and so then some of the other festivals that are right. now incorporating between food trucks and kind of that craft market yeah. feel as well. Yes. And then even during winter, you got Fairmont Fruit Farm continuing it, with the the market concept. Exactly. As well. Exactly. CJ and his family, uh, hundred plus year old farm. We've been there since the beginning. I think this is year. I'm going to say year three or four at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's great. It's great. I mean, but. And my outlook on that is, we'll go down there. I mean, we might only sell a couple bottles of wine on a cold, rainy day, but hey, you know what? We're here. We're right. going to support. Right. You know, and uh, do what we can and try to drive in uh, customers for for the other folks as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And the one bottle at the market may lead to another visit at the store exactly. or another visit later. Right. So. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing part. wrong with that. Right. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, we've covered a bunch here. Be yeah. mindful of your time. Is there anything else other than visiting La Cantina <laughs> that you want the residents to know? Yeah, you know, I, I certainly, I continue to thank folks for, for their support. You know, mm -hmm. um, 
whenever I wait on somebody or somebody comes in, I, you know, you know, I thank them for the support because honestly, if it wasn't for them, uh, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, you know, the countless deliveries and, and so on and so forth and just, you know, the folks coming to the patio. Um, I think supporting a small, you know, family-owned business um, is important and, and we try to do that as much as we can as a family as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I certainly thank everybody for that and, you know, what they don't see, you know, when, they, when everyone makes a purchase, I go in the back room, I do a little happy dance, so, you know. Uh, I, I keep you dancing. Right, right, right. You know, but, uh, you know, just to let people, you know, know that we thank them for their support and, and, and we're here, right? So if, if you're running the marathon, if you're raising money for a school fundraiser um, or, or you need to have an event because, you know, there's a fund that you need to raise money for, come see us. Any family event, birthdays, graduations, right. bridal right. showers, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> there's plenty of good happy times to be exactly. had. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Wonderful. thank you for taking time today. This has been a thank great you. conversation. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. And for the listeners, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.